Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Tommy, Ocean Chinook or Puget Sound Coho, what is your palate favorite? And you drop yeah. that kokanee on top of that barn door halibut's head, 67 feet of water, and he was not happy about that. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Boxers or briefs? Ooh, I'm going to have to go with a European cut speedo. Fantastic. Excellent choice. I yeah. love tuna. I do love tuna. Heck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I have a buddy who refers to Canadian geese as flying carp. Obviously, he's not cooking them. <laughs> he clearly, right? Oh, ocean snook. Seriously? Hands down. Really? Hands down. I don't fish for coho. Ah, good point. Hey, speaking of grind, can you tell the difference between ground deer and ground elk? Honestly, taste the difference. You know, Dwayne, we only get one chance to live this life, mm-hmm. and you will always regret the things that you don't do. So you know what I tell people? Buy the damn boat. Hey, you know, the facts are some days are just a grind. Welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest, the number one fishing and hunting talk show throughout the Pacific Northwest and beyond. Now here's your host, Dwayne England, and of course, the infamous Tommy Donlan. Here we are in studio, buddy, yeah. 6 p.m. Thursday evening, coming to you live from the studios here in the lovely shores of Summit Lake in Olympia, Washington. How you been? I, I've been good, man. Yeah. Busy. But good, getting ready for all my elk hunts. So we got a number of hunts coming up, and obviously deer season opens on Saturday. I'm looking yeah. forward to that. We got uh, all kinds of great things that are that are taking place here in the Pacific Northwest and beyond, and uh, we're just happy to be back here in studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, glad everybody's signing on here this evening. Got a number of folks jumping on, and you know this is going to be a great show, Tommy. We got we got some guests sitting here in studio who first time over here, yeah, to the west side to visit us. Spent the day yesterday on the river with these fellows. Got them out on the water and. Boy, just nothing but accolades, and they just... They well, were, yeah, and then, I mean, the dinner that we had tonight was amazing. Coho crack, I Coho think. Coho crack, huh? phenomenal. Yeah, pretty amazing stuff. So, yeah. we got a lot of things to uh, cover. Appreciate everybody jumping on here this evening uh, to follow along. Go ahead and grab our content, spread it out there, and uh, let folks know where you're spending your time. Because, again, lots of great info and some prize packs sitting right in mm-hmm. front of me, Tommy, giving those away here early in the show and later on. So make sure you stick around for that. But uh, before we get too far along, I want to remind everybody, hey, Fish Hunt Northwest is presented by Better Homes and Gardens Pacific Commons Real Estate. Located in Puyallup, Washington, Joe Maxwell and team do a fantastic job. Real estate market is extremely competitive right now. I'll let Joe and his team help you out. And of course, our good friends out there, Defiance Marine. Defiance Marine manufactures the Defiance, the Arim, and of course, Tommy, the Allied, mm-hmm. sitting in the driveway, which needs to get wet other than rain, mm-hmm. right? So the east side's calling us, my friend, as we get deeper into winter. Mm-hmm. That's I'm ready to go back to Rufus Woods. I know, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. In Let's that land, kokanee fishery might be as well something to, uh, something to think about. No, I'm ready to go back to Rufus Woods. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we got to give a little respect to our friends over there at uh, Phoenix Protective Corp, phoenixprotectivecorp.com. If you are a former military and or police looking for work, Phoenix is always hiring, and they are a top-notch company to work for. Make sure you check them out, uh, phoenixprotectivecorp.com. So, Tommy, with that, we spent a little time on the water yesterday. Got the drift boat out, floated out here on the coast, and... You know, um, again, as referred to, I think it was last week, let everybody know, you were served mm-hmm. up on a golden platter, right? Oh, yeah. These boys had to work for it a little harder. I'm talking about mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, Britain, uh, <laughs> Britain, first time actually doing this um, from a drift boat and casting a bait caster and just the learning mm-hmm. curve of, of putting that presentation out there, bobber dog and the yep. whole thing. There's a learning curve, and we talked about that. And so, did you um, give him like a 200 foot top shot of mono too, or was that just me? That was just you. That was just me. Okay. We have to revisit this again. Truly, it was 18 feet like mine. I I don't believe it. But, I know but you that's won't. Okay. But uh, so continue on how to go. Yeah. Well, no, it was uh, there was a bit of a learning curve, but you know, as the day progressed, so did the skill set. And mm-hmm. so um, the boys from Max Lure here is what I'm getting to. Uh, Bobby Loomis and Britton Ransford. Uh, from Max Lure here, and we're fishing yesterday. They're going to join us on, in studio here in a little bit. We're going to talk about all the great things going on at Max Lure and some other additional items. Uh, and we got prize packs to give away, okay? And then uh, Richie Herod from Herod Outdoors. If you're not following him, you should. Richie Herod is here, Herod Outdoors, and the Northwest Outdoorsman. Phenomenal show 
on a number of networks. We're going to cover that with Richie, what that show is all about, the longevity of it, the history. He's a heck of an outdoorsman, fisherman, hunter, the whole thing, and just really great content. I'm excited to get these guys on, on set here and uh, get into those conversations with them as well. So, um, But before we bring them into the studio, um, we want to talk about a couple of things. One that I stumbled across and wanted to uh, actually, uh, Don New sent me this, CCA Oregon's annual uh, online chapter raffle is happening. You ever pay attention to the online raffles or any of these groups? Maybe a few, yeah. Yeah, this one's yeah. pretty good. So CCA Oregon, their annual raffle, the Salem chapter, okay, they have an online raffle between now, so October, November, December, at the end of the month, they do a couple drawings, two prizes drawn each month. Your ticket prices are between 10 and uh, $20. They have shotguns. They have a drift boat, a Willie drift a boat. A Willie drift boat. Willy That's drift pretty boat They're giving away yeah. some uh, dry bags. Mm-hmm. They got some dry bags and backpacks are uh, giving away. So the uh, the money obviously goes towards the CCA Oregon Salem chapter, and it raises money for all the work that they do in the Northwest here. Um, you know, it's well worth it. Spend a few bucks, and hopefully you end up winning something mm-hmm. more than 10 times the value of what your investment is. So want to make folks aware of that. Drawings, again, on end of October, November, in December. Price packages, I mean, they got a ton of things they're still trying to give away, so check that out. Uh, just go to the CCA Oregon Salem chapter online. You're going to find their auction. You don't have to be a member to sign up, and you can be anywhere virtual and just you know get on there and, and give it a go. That's so, beautiful. Uh, something else. I had a great conversation with James Losey a couple days ago. Uh, you remember James Losey, his name came up quite a bit last year mm-hmm. as the Steelhead Management Program and uh, Management Plan was unfolded and the direction that it headed and the conversations we had with uh, the Guides Association and mm-hmm. all there that was and the rule changes specific to Steelhead out here on the coast and other uh, parts of the region. So if, first of all, Tommy, if anybody thought that those rules being in- implemented were a just a short sell. A one-time deal. Yeah, yeah no, right. or no, you're sadly mistaken. Okay? Yep. First of all, I want you to take uh, and think about the fact the Columbia River steelhead returned this year. Dismal, right? Lowest mm-hmm. we've seen in over 30 years. Very concerning. That should be a red flag to everybody to go, well, if that massive run in the Columbia is in, such, you know, in the toilet, mm-hmm. what's it going to do to our other steelhead runs? I mean, these fish all navigate out to the same ocean. Mm-hmm. They kind of have the same life cycle and pattern as they migrate and come back down towards the coast, and and then they go their separate ways. But the preseason forecast numbers on our coastal fisheries are not good, folks. And um, last year, Tommy, if you remember, mm-hmm. we were talking about the fact, gosh, you know, I wish WDFW would be more proactive than reactive. I would like to see right. information available prior to being December 15th and we're talking about closing fisheries right. or restricting access or only fishing or, uh, you know, cannot fish from a floating device and mm-hmm. all the rules that were implemented, no bait restrictions, no scent, barbless single point, you know, hook, yep. all those things. And people were really upset about it. Well, uh, you get what you ask for sometimes and you need to be thankful. So WDFW has gone to great lengths. They put mm-hmm. the pressure on all their field bios Get your numbers in early. We need the numbers. We need to know where we're landing on this steelhead season. It's important that we bring the information forward. And do I dare say the co-managers are on board with this thing and throw rocks at them if you want, but it was confirmed to me that there was not nearly, if any at all, pressure from the tribal commercial fishery in that Grays Harbor region last year. Like People were throwing that out there. Mm -hmm. I was pissed off about it. But the truth was the nets were not in at that dire time, and they did not harvest or go to harvest after those fish after mm-hmm. their salmon season. That's what I was told. Uh, we can confirm that. Um, hopefully, if persons uh, feel that that information is false, but I was told that by a reliable source. Okay? Yeah. So I'm going to take it at face value. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm getting to is that the meetings are scheduled. They, WDFW has scheduled a public invite to a virtual meeting. The first one is going to be October 26th. Okay, Coastal Steelhead Town Hall it is something that persons need to sign on to and pay attention to and have input and look at the numbers, look at the information coming from WDFW. If you think we're getting our steelhead seasons back as they were before, uh, you've been misled. I see this as being a four- to six-year window. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be fishing out of our boats for a bit of time until we see t- these numbers turn around. So, so what do you when you think about like root cause analysis and trying to identify you know, the root of this problem, you know, we had excellent ocean conditions this year, mm-hmm. you know, salmon, and on, right? you know, and on the mm-hmm. salmon side of the house, mm-hmm. it was excellent. Yeah. Right. 
So, so what do you, what do, what do they think that it is that is causing these poor returns? I haven't, I haven't gotten back into that conversation once again. You know, there's been always the old adage like, well, if we, if we see a really strong coho return, that's mm-hmm. usually favorable to what we see on our steel winter steelhead run. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna throw it out there that I don't think we're gonna see that this year. We got mm-hmm. a, a phenomenal coho fishery, right? Yep. Columbia River numbers are off the charts. We'll see if it gets to the one plus whatever million they've you know, kind of brought it back down mm-hmm. to. Our coastal fisheries seem to be performing pretty well. As of late, uh, the rivers we're fishing, we see a lot more hatchery coho yeah. than we are wild coho. Mm-hmm. Bit concerning, albeit the big push of wild coho typically really starts showing up in November, so that's yet to you know, truly show face value. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that materializes. But as far as the steelhead deal, you know, what is it? Is it poor survivability in the smolt category? We talked last week about the enhancement projects going on on some of these rivers out here in the Grace Harbors region and up there uh, north and some, the Stiligwamish and whatnot. That, that enhancement doesn't just aid salmon smolt. That is crucial for steelhead mm-hmm. survival. Think about trout and the cover that they seek in rivers and the bugs that they feed on and all that this type of restructuring and wood and stuff in the, mm-hmm. in the river create, right? Aquatic bugs insects, microorganisms, the whole thing. Those smolt will seek out that shelter in the, in the dark shaded areas in the cool water, and you would hope that survivability would go higher. But when we see studies that reflect on the Columbia River, for example, where we know for certain, an 11-year study on bird predation, yeah. on avian predation, from the Snake River to the, to the mouth, and they know that it was uh, eliminating via 14 bird colonies, 70% of the outbound steelhead or migrant steelhead smolt. Mm-hmm. Okay, how much more proof do we need? So now, right. what are we doing about the avian predation? Mm-hmm. That's the next question, yep. right? So that is, a, that is a whole nother subject. I guess getting a little off the rails here, but the point is the public invite to the meeting October 26. Go to w, wdfw.wa.gov and simply click on the news tab and scroll down, it's going to list all meetings, all venues, all, it's going to have all links. Everything is under news. They put those announcements out for everybody to find. It's extremely easy to find, and I would encourage you to do so. They would like to see a good showing of not only recreational fishers, but guides and guides association affiliate members as well. Uh, they want this thing well attended so the message gets out there loud and clear, and everybody can work collectively towards recovery. And I think that's an important deal. And here it is. We're talking October. Right. We're having a virtual meeting in October. It's not December 20th. Right. Okay. It's a lot two, better than last year's Two situation. months earlier, which, yep. you know, I tip my cap to WDFW because yep. they're trying. Yep. And so we can beat up on them as much as we do, but when they do it and put in a good effort, you got to you gotta kind of give them accolades. Amen. Them, right? So. Yep. All right. Um, so make sure you get on that. We'll post those links on our social media as we get closer. All right. Running down the show, Tommy. We've got a great show lined up here tonight. We've got Bobby Loomis and Britton Ransford here from Max Lure. Uh, they are here spending a couple days. We are kind of doing a little cross-pollination in our social marketing, uh, social media and marketing and that mm-hmm. type of stuff. Jordan, I think we got that slide that goes up. Um, we'll get an update on what's going on at Max and some of the great gear here to give away later on in the show. We got uh, great stuff that they brought in. Uh, Richie Herod is here, Herod Outdoors, and you'll want to stick around and hear what Richie has to say. He works extremely hard, puts out a phenomenal product with the Northwest Outdoorsman. Richie also brought some swag. He's got an entire seasoning and, um, and, and, uh, and boy, is it delicious. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, he made that coho oh crack God. tonight. And let me tell yeah. you, deep fried coho. We got the seasoning packet here. We got a, we got a sharpening stone from WorkSharp. He'll talk a little bit about that. WorkSharp's one of his main sponsors. Great folks over there doing good things. So uh, Richie brought in some swag to give away. And these are some prize packs that you'll definitely want to stick around for. Um, we're also going to have an in-studio discussion with uh, Bobby and Richie later on the show, Tommy, about how our day went on the river yesterday. Yeah, we kinda, I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, so yeah. another perspective on it, right? And right. from Britain's perspective, and the first time of him doing that and just kind of trying to take it all in and get to where we got. Uh, it was a good day. It was a lot of fun. The weather was beautiful, man. It was, it was fantastic. Beautiful. So uh, we'll catch up with them and see what they truly think about spending a day on the river with me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and no then, gag orders, right? Uh, like nothing but the truth, Yeah, right? all truth coming yeah, okay. out. Before we get too far along and continue to blabber, uh, we're going to jump out for a quick break. and we come back, we're going to introduce everybody to the Max Lure crew. Uh, Bobby Loomis and Brent Ransford are here in studio and can't wait to introduce you to them. 
And we'll do that right here after this break, Fish Hunt Northwest. Sportco, an outdoor emporium, is the largest local outfitter in the Northwest since 1975, providing thousands of people affordable outdoor gear. Make your next outdoor adventure more affordable by shopping at our warehouse style pricing. We are a local Scotty dealer offering sales, service, and repair. Located in Fife and Seattle, come visit us today. The outdoors await you. It's easier than ever to browse homes and connect with an agent on the go with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate's mobile app. With the app, your home search is synced across all of your devices, so you can pick up your home search anytime, anywhere. Take full advantage of an enriched, mobile-optimized map search experience. Use location services to quickly find homes near you that match your search criteria. Draw your own map boundaries to find homes in a specific area, and apply layers to view school districts, neighborhoods, zip codes, and more. The app's user-friendly design makes it easier than ever to find a home you'll love. Narrow down your search results, save your search criteria, and save your favorite homes. You can browse your saved homes in a list view that puts photos and key details, like price and square footage, right at your fingertips. Or check out your saved homes displayed on the map. Hey, welcome back, Fish on Northwest. Wayne England, Tommy Donlan. Hey, we got guests in studio. We buddy. do. Huh? Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Oh, it's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. I've had to well, look at your same face for weeks and weeks. I know, I know. Isn't it horrible? It's ugly, isn't it's it? It's bad. Yeah. It's really bad. Yeah. So... Uh, hey, I want to introduce everybody to Bobby Loomis and Brent Ransford here from Max Lure. Now, the Loomis name, somebody, you might recognize it. Yeah, maybe just a little bit. It's out there a bit. Um, welcome, boys. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah? yeah let's not be We're, so official here. Oh, let's, come yeah, on. Yeah, come on. There's only one wait. gentleman between the two of us, and he's right here. Yeah, just, yeah, just to let you know. That's okay. how that works. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, first time over here. You guys finally made it over to the house. We were able to... Yeah. Get a day on the river, which we'll delve into a little bit later here. But, um, yeah, what do you think? Welcome to the show, man. Thank man, you very much. It's fun. Hey, yeah. we're excited. Yeah. I'll tell you what, we, you know, it's one of those things that we've talked about for a couple mm -hmm. of years and, and mm -hmm. kind of evolved and finally, yep. you know, you just got to do it. Well, big thanks and appreciation to you guys. You've been a sponsor of our show since day one. Sure. So we really appreciate Max being on board. Uh, not only sponsored the show, he sponsored the Bait Lab. Um, and you don't even sell bait, so what the heck, right? So mm -hmm. it's uh, <laughs> it's the industry. Hey. If you're going to talk about bait, you might as well uh, mention Max Lure before it. So Yeah, yeah. there you go. That's, That's true. Right. That's, That's a good true. point. Um, hey, let's get everybody caught up to date here. What uh, When was Max established? Do you know, Bobby? 1969. 1969. Yeah. A couple years ago. Yeah. yeah. That was a few years before Britain was born. It was. So. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a few years. How long yeah. have you been there? Uh... I've been there, I think, 12, 13 years. Yeah, yeah. Britain? I uh, started in 2016, so okay. this is my All fifth right. year. Awesome. Yeah. Um, let everybody know what it is you do uh, for Max and then Britain. You'll Nobody's really quite sure. Nobody what knows I, what you do, yeah. actually. Yeah. Exactly. It's just one of those things that, you know, you just you go take care of that. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. No, I, I uh, originally uh, went to work there, like I said, 12, 13 years ago. Uh, because of the fact that I've been in the industry a while mm -hmm. and uh, wanted to help Max out, happened to be in Wenatchee. Mm -hmm. I wanted to stay on the east side of the mountains. You know, got tired of uh, the whole rat race on the west side. Mm -hmm. And it, it slowed down a lot over here. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've noticed. I've noticed. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it just, it was something, you know, after spending 25 years over here and, and getting back, I originally grew up in Chelan. Right. So getting back over to the, the east side was great. And then finding something that I actually could stay in the industry and, you know, impart what knowledge I've gained over 25 plus years, you know, it, uh, it was something that was fantastic for me. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, it was a great deal. Mm -hmm. So staying over there and, and, uh, helping max out on building from where they were at just because of of contacts and knowledge and mm -hmm. everything else mm -hmm. um i kind of took over the uh the sales and marketing originally mm -hmm. and uh as everything has evolved over the years uh kind of turned loose on the uh the marketing side because let me think hmm, technology 
Mm, that's not my bag. Not your bag, baby. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you want to talk about uh, technology and uh, carbon fiber and resins and mm -hmm. tubular structure and things like that, I can absolutely talk all day long with the best of them. Right. But uh, when it gets into social media and things like that, that's where we have gentlemen like Britton over mm -hmm. here. And, that I mean, he's absolutely phenomenal at right. what he does. Yeah. So... He's, he's uh, handling the marketing stuff right now. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that, Britton. Bobby introduced you to me several years ago at Fish Camp. Yeah. Hey, this is our new kid we brought on board. He does all the marketing stuff. Talk to him. I'm like, oh, all right. So <laughs> yeah. we two days later, we're sponsoring. Talking, huh? Two days later, we're sponsoring the show. Yeah, two days later, sponsoring the show. Apparently, I, I got a good sales pitch. So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I need twenty seven hundred more dollars, by the way. For oh those yeah, stars. great. Both storage. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, talk a little about your roles and responsibility, Britton. What you have going on at Max, and you've done a phenomenal job. And there's some new things coming out here down the road too. Yeah. So uh, I kind of have a similar path of Bobby. So I mm. um, also originally from Chelan. Um, was in Seattle, you know, uh, right after college. And you love purple. <laughs> I, 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 before I moved to Seattle, Are you a little I, more partial uh, to Crimson? I, I lived in Pullman for four years oh, for, I'm sorry. for uh, very uh, strategic reasons. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> Go Cougs. Go Cougs. <laughs> and uh, I, I worked for the Seattle Mariners and the Seahawks for uh, three years, doing yeah. all, uh, working in the marketing department, and um, ended, up, ended up wanting to move home. Um, it wasn't a very tough decision to go from baseball and football to fishing. And uh, when I arrived at Max Lure, um, pretty behind on the, the website and the, the social and digital side. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. um, Bobby and I kind of work as a team, um, just trying to you know uh, build the, the sales and marketing side. Um, we've grown quite a bit in the last five years. Just mm -hmm. you know, we're a fifty-year company that can still grow, and yeah, so um, it's it's been really fun to kind of take um, all of our history and then just kind of make it more uh, new age digital. And uh, we have some uh, really cool plans for for the website coming up in the next couple months and mm -hmm. a, a pretty expansive uh, rebrand and uh, really targeting um, a whole bunch of different fisheries. And um, it's pretty exciting. So. Bobby, with Loomis, you had a lot to say about rod design and building rods and, and how that all came together and whatnot. I mean, your, your, your input into the industry changed the game significantly. Where, where do you land on research and development or putting input into a lot of the newer lures and things that Max is developing? Or do you guys a lot of that. get that from other people? Well, it, it depends. Eh? You know, yeah. it, it comes, you've got, it's like anything else, whether it's hunting, fishing, whatever. When an opportunity exists, you you either jump on it or don't. Mm -hmm. And yes, we utilize our pro staff, but a lot of stuff we we design internally mm -hmm. and make ourselves. Yeah. And you know, it just depends on types of fisheries. What you know, what are you looking for? You know, I, let's face it. I I've been fortunate enough in forty years in this industry to be able to hunt and fish all over the world, mm -hmm. and in turn, learning from every every aspect of of you know fishing itself you you pick little bits and pieces up all over the place and it helps you in designing product mm -hmm. understanding what fish or fisheries need what you're looking for you know it, it it's it's a lot of fun it, yeah. it, it, it's enjoyable to me I, I i absolutely love playing with stuff yeah and creating things that that are different you know, that, that's one of the big things that we do at Max Lure is we don't create Me Too product. Sure. Mm -hmm. Because guess what? Everybody out there does. Yeah. And everybody, you know, if there's something new that comes out, somebody copies it and, and tries to, you know, jump in on the bandwagon. Sure. You know what? That's not our game. Mm. I want to make something that is unique yep. and create something that catches fish. I mean, that's, as you saw yesterday. Yeah. Guess what? I want to catch more fish than everybody else. Yeah, I, I don't care. <laughs> yep, I'll me do too. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah. That's the that's the end game, right? Absolutely, so, absolutely. Uh, one of the niceties is you get to go test product. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Create some, go test product. Which I mean, yep. Geez, people can figure out how to do that. Yeah. You know, if you got to just go sit there and uh, work at the work at the rifle range all day and test product. Mm. Yeah. Not a bad gig, right? Yeah. That. So Tommy'd be all geared, wound oh, for yeah. that. I mean, he'd be in his element there, right? <laughs> a little protractor out and dial <laughs> the calculator. 
I get my TI-89 graphic calculator out. Talk about some of the uh, some of the lures this time of year that are, you know, I don't know if they're flying off the shelf, but just kind of the more popular lures going down the line right now of what's what's popular coming out of Max. What are, what should people be using and for what? Well, right right now you've got, you know, let's face it, we're going into the, the fall. Everybody's either hunting or you're a hardcore fisherman and you're out there, you know, looking at the fisheries that we did yesterday. Mm-hmm. That was fantastic. You, you know, we make the, the Rock Dancer jig. Mm-hmm. The Rock Dancer jig has been around for like uh, 25 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the Rock Dancer jig is still relevant today. It works fantastic for twitching, as mm-hmm. you saw. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we caught a number of fish yesterday. Yeah. On it. Um, it's got the tail on there. Oh, absolutely. Lots you know, of action, you, contrast. Yeah. 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 Everything you Coho wants. Absolutely. You, you know, you're, you're trying to create that, that little bit bulkier look, something that's going to attract, something that, that, you know, wants to trigger that fish to right, bite. Right. So in turn, uh, the rock tancer is a bucktail jig that's mm-hmm. been around for 25 years, but it's still relevant today. Yeah. So it works. Yeah. Uh, the walleye fisheries right now, mm-hmm. you're going into the winter fisheries. Those winter fisheries in the fall going into winter, those fish are going on the feed bag. Those fish want to find as much bait as possible. When you find bait congregated, you're starting to find more fish congregating. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you what, one of the funnest things that we've done in years is learning some of the different styles and types of fisheries we've got. We make the sonic bait fish, which is a jigging spoon. Jig them up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what, we, you get out and get into a, a big batch of fish. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year we went out a couple different times. Uh, you know, you catch 30 to 40 plus fish in a couple hours. Couple That's hours. phenomenal fishing. That's good fishing. Mm-hmm. That's Especially phenomenal good water. Good-sized fish. I mean, yeah, they're oh, all yeah. three, four, five-pound fish. You yeah, know. you're looking mm-hmm. at 18 to 27-inch plus fish. What I've always, oh, yeah. what's intrigued me on those big walleye is, like, they strap the feed bag on. But what's funny is you would think with water temperatures getting colder, they would slow down a little bit and they wouldn't have to feed as often. But mm-hmm. it, I don't know, they're trying to feed to kick in their thermogenic, you know, uh, generation of their body. I don't know what the trigger point is on that, but it's like... It's like they, a freshwater link cod is what it is. They just, they just, they just eat, eat all the time. And, yeah, they yeah. just, I guess they don't turn off. It doesn't well, matter what the water temperature is well, doing. I, th- I think it becomes more because yeah. water temperatures start coming down. They realize, you know, they've obviously been around for a year or two, mm-hmm. they realize that bait's going away. Mm. So they go follow that. So they, they follow, they, they try so to they get as the much as they can the get. Sure. Yeah. yeah. They're, not mm. able, they're not able to find those fish like they did during the summer. Right. They're not able to find the bait like they were during the summer. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they're, they're going to get whatever they're they can get. get. Now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It makes yeah. it easier for the angler, too, because now they're in open water. They're not hiding in weeds. Britain told me sure. the other day, it's kind of like a squirrel packing nuts. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. That's, that's, way to do it too. Yeah. yeah, that that's what it is. I have no idea that's what, what that is. That squirrel we saw down over the hill. The <laughs> yeah. So, well, there's no nuts uh, on the tree, right? So when you put out the nuts on your deck, they're going to come and eat those. Oh, absolutely. Right. You lay them out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, you take a sonic bait fish and you drop it down <laughs> there. Right. Guess what? They eat it. Hey, uh, what about the the? We were talking last night at dinner. The, the kokanee fisheries on the east side differ greatly than the ones here on the west side. We. Now, if this lake was open year-round, I would probably go out there in the wintertime and just just because as a fisherman, you want sure. to unlock the, the box, right? And I want to yeah. figure out what it's going to take to get these kokanee in the wintertime to bite. We have a few lakes here on the west side. A couple of them, you know, folks will start fishing them around January or so. And the last couple of years, I wouldn't say they've proven to be more productive. I just think we have more people fishing, so your encounter rate has gone up. Correct. Okay. But on the east side, it's kind of a go-to. We have people from the west side that go to the east side purposefully to fish Chelan and other bodies of water in the winter to go after kokanee. Um, is there much of a difference in some of the presentations Max kicks out for those winter fisheries versus any other time of the year? You know, Same old, same old? Some stuff is. Yeah. You know, you're, you're looking at, you're, you're trying to attract, so you're fishing dodgers. Mm-hmm. You're, you're trying to trigger them into biting so you're utilizing a product that moves Mm -hmm. whether it's wiggle hoochies whether it's smile blades and squid you know the the cha-cha squitters things like that but you know you're right it it, it's very very different and honestly i mean i i don't want to blow our own horn but bottom line is is you know 10 plus years ago jeff witkowski and i proved a point that you could actually catch kokanee in the wintertime Mm -hmm. where 
most lakes, whether it's Northern California, the west side here, Oregon, you know, it's very difficult to catch kokanee in the wintertime. Yeah. And don't ask me why. Mm. And, and we, we've yet to unlock that, that, whole, that whole thing. But Chelan fishes extremely well in the wintertime. Yeah. Well, there's got to be something to the fact that the fish we target from spring to summer are the mature fish that are getting ready for this year's spawn. In a number of lakes, by the time we're fishing them late winter, those fish have moved on. They've gone into the creeks, they've spawned, oh, they've they've spawned died, or dead. Right? Yeah. So now we're fishing on next year's fish. Correct. When we're fishing on this year's fish in spring and summer, our encounter rate of next year's fish is pretty low. We tend to get the bigger, more mature fish or the more consecutive biters. You'll encounter the next year's fish from time to time, but your higher percentage, day in and day out, are the bigger, aggressive fish. So I don't know if that correlates at all because those fish are gone now and now we're waiting for next brood. But I think there's something to that, that they just don't bite as well as like a more mature fish. That's just my, my thoughts on it. But, but there again, when those fish are gone, how come they don't bite? The, the, those next well, year's fish. Huh? No, 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 the, no the, next year, the next year's fish. I know why, what you're saying. Why, why don't yeah. they bite? Uh, I don't know. They do in Chelan. They but do they, in But they don't down they in don't Oregon, here. Northern California, yeah. West yeah. Side. You know, it, it's something that... that I'm not sure. I don't know. I, you know, we, we've yet to understand that. Chelan fishes fantastic in the winter. We got 8,000 kokanee dumped in out here today by a surprise. Yeah, yeah. stopped down there. Coming home, cool. there's a truck dumping fish. I'm like, hey, what's going on? 8,000 fingerling. I know, I caught a whole bunch of them. Yeah, you did. Three <laughs> casts <laughs> cast net out there. With, yeah. So uh, that was a surprise. I didn't know we were actually still getting fingerling kokanee. Sure. There's a whole biological reason behind that that we won't get into, but... Um, yeah, it's, you know, the winter kokanee fishery is intriguing. Um, I think we may see more of it with folks with boats who, you know, can't take their other means out and go steelhead fishing. Sure. Yeah. I just think we're going to see some of these transitional fisheries in the wintertime because mm-hmm. folks want to go fishing. Yeah. And our steelhead fisheries are going to be in the toilet. They, they want to mm-hmm. catch fish they catch and fish. eat fish. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, um, what do you think the most popular lures are this time of year? What do you guys see the highest percentage of? In for what? Honestly, trout and kokanee is the big number. So yeah, yeah, your 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 trout and kokanee fisheries are, you know, when you start looking at the uh, cha cha squitters uh, with the smile blade mm-hmm. on top, the different colors that you, you know you're trying to utilize. I see one of the things that that I do see a little bit of difference between the spring fisheries and and winter fisheries is uh, a lot of the greens, the the chartreuses, things like that. Uh, work really well mm-hmm. in the winter time versus your hot pinks, hot oranges, things like that work well, you know, in the spring, summer time frames. Yep. But uh, the wiggle hoochies are fantastic. The crip lures are fantastic. All of them, you know, seem to work really well, and they're all triggering type baits. Right. So, you know, color-wise, same colors, you know, the, the pinks and stuff do work. But like I said, the chartreuses do work really well in mm-hmm. the wintertime. Mm-hmm. Nice. Fantastic. Britton, got anything to add? Yeah, no. Um, I think, you know, the majority of people that are watching are probably experienced anglers. And, you know, the beauty of our product line is the, everything we build a lure with, you know, is available as a component as well. And so when you talk That's about... That's a really good point. When you talk about the, the wiggle hoochies yeah, and you sure. talk about, you know, mm-hmm. the, the dozens and mm-hmm. dozens of smile blades when you're talking about, yes. you know, fishing for walleye yep. and matching the yep. hatch, like the... the, it, the Opportunities are endless. Yeah, um, you can mix it, and match and create and build and something <laughs> we don't build finished lures with is like a wiggle hoochie bill, right. and we make it in a hot pink, a UV mm-hmm. orange, mm-hmm. a UV chartreuse now, a UV and a clear. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, if anyone's watching and you know, they, I wish they made it in this, you know, this color or something. Everything that we sell as a, as a finished lure is available as a component minus you know hooks. Yeah. <laughs> so it's um, a great point. When you you know, there might be someone out there that has a, a color pattern that works well for them mm-hmm. in a certain way, but they, you know, they might not be able to find it as a finished lure. Well, you can build everything, and it might be a little cheaper for you, too. Sure, well, variable. and part of the enjoyment is creating something, going out and, and being successful. Absolutely. With, right? mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's what drives a lot of us. Uh, as we often have said, 90% of the fish are caught right here in the garage. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? yeah. It's the creativity and what you can present out there that's different from other folks. Like yeah. when we were over there at Flaming Gorge a couple years ago, uh, first couple of days, we were finding fish, but not in the numbers that I was hoping to get into. Did a little game change the evening before our last day. Built some gold and black beaded lures with a yeah. gold, um, with the with the gold. Uh, what's that pattern on there, Richie? Scale. 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 Thank you. Yeah. Gold scale. 
uh, 1.0 small blades, put those out on the side planters, and was responsible for catching 13 of our 15 kokanee. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. right. It was just, it was a color and pattern that, change. Yeah, that Pinky color, little that color aren't they? Oh, yeah. yeah. So everything I was throwing at them the first couple days and constantly changing patterns, changing dodgers, doing the thing, going through the progression. And every once in a while, yeah. we pick up a fish, and I was catching more Mackinac, and I was like, you know, just... I mean, it's unfamiliar territory other than jumping in Mike Hall's boat for a couple times out there and putting around. Um, so I'm trying to learn the fishery. Yeah. And you start taking micro notes and trying to figure out what to do. And then just like you said, Britton, you have all these components and you guys have sent me all these bead packets and different you sure. know, blade configurations and stuff. And mm -hmm. this guy told me, hey, you know, I've been doing pretty good on black and gold. What black and gold? Oh, I don't know. I, I got some different size blades and stuff. I'm looking at what he has. I'm like, eh, I don't want to run that. And he had one single one-aught hook. I'm going, no. So <laughs> we went back to the house, got a beer, and sat down and said, let's build these. And yeah. we built a couple of golden black lures and just lights out the next day. And that's, mm. that's the beauty of it is you can take all those components. If you take them with you, sure. knowing you're going to go do a fishery that you aren't accustomed to, haven't put a lot of time in, don't truly understand... And then it's Pandora's box, man. You can sit and create and try to build stuff, go out and hopefully find success. Similarly, like Dodgers. You know, Dodgers are an expensive tool to buy. Yeah. But we sell all the tapes, too. And so Bobby, yeah. Bobby spends, you know, 80% of his day cutting up tapes with X-Acto knife at work. He literally just sits back there <laughs> and cuts up the That's what you do. We figured, we figured yeah. it out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or like when, he, when it comes Is to... Is he this... next to a window? Mm. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no they, bought, they bought me a box of crayons. So there you there you there you comes to, we sell all of the sling blade tapes. We right. sell all the double D tapes. Right. We sell all right. the scent flash tapes. Oh, when you go into the catalog, get on the website and look through the, yeah. the product line. I mean, it's expensive. It's, it's, you know, yeah, but everything well is separated out. Skews. You can order this, mix and match. It's fantastic. So, all right, we went a little long here. We're going to jump out for a quick break. We come back. Britton, you're going to step out. We're going to make room for Richie Heron. Herod, he's going to jump in here with Bobby. We're going to talk to Richie Herod and Herod Outdoors. If you're not familiar with him, you soon will be. So don't go anywhere. Stick through the break. We'll be back in a couple minutes right here. Fish on Northwest. A Northwest favorite for almost 40 years, Arima boats are manufactured with pride right here in Bremerton, Washington. Arima Boats offers all of our boats with Honda outboard packages so that you can take full advantage of the reliability and five-year top-to-prop warranty from your Honda outboard. With literally thousands of Arima Boats on the water throughout the Pacific Northwest, Arima Boats are a proven hull design that offers incredible fuel economy and all of the amenities that a serious angler is looking for. All Arima boats are built without any structural wood materials. That is why we back our boats with a lifetime warranty. All of our Arima boats are designed to maximize deck space while also providing ample seating. Contact us today at Arima Boats for all your boating needs and let us help you get out on the water. Today, the need for quality private security services is at an all-time high. Contract Security Service provides day-to-day -day peace of mind as they protect people and property. Here at Phoenix, we provide service for multiple state and federal contracts with services ranging from uniform, patrol, alarm monitoring, canine detection, executive protection, as well as investigative work. Phoenix client management models are built on understanding our client's security needs and responding with a tailored program that is best fit for them. Phoenix provides excellent customer service through well-trained, highly motivated security professionals. Recruiting highly qualified officers is the first step in building a strong team. Currently, we are comprised of 70% prior law enforcement and military veterans. If you are prior military or law enforcement, go to www.phoenixprotectivecorps.com and apply today. All right, welcome back in studio. The in-between segment antics. Uh, wish we could show those on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Be a good blooper reel. Jeff Wilson, congratulations. You win the combo pack beanie and trucker cap from Max Lure. We'll be sending that out to you. Get, uh, get on our messenger, if you would, please. Get us your address and or phone number so we can contact you, and we'll get that shipped out here this week. Uh, we got a couple more prize packs to give away later on here in the show. Got to stick with us. We have the uh, seasoning packet from Herod Outdoors and the Work Sharp mm. uh, Sharpening Stone, and of course the big swag bucket from 
uh, Max Lure. We got kokanee trout and salmon walleye. stuff in there. Walleye. Yeah. Walleye stuff in there. So fantastic. Appreciate you guys bringing that stuff in. So, uh, all right, boys. Well, we spent a little day to afternoon to late afternoon, early evening. So, yeah, really. <laughs> on the river yesterday. We kept kind of having the conversation later in the day there. Well, we ain't got nothing else to do, so... Hey. Which was a lie. We had plenty to do, but... We did, yeah, actually. The fish were kind of snapping. So, uh, Richie, from your perspective, you... you uh, having all that time growing up and whatnot, fishing down in Oregon, getting out to the coast and whatnot, but haven't done it for a number of years. Uh, how'd that take you back when we first oh. got on that that stretch of river? We're pushing the boat down through there to get yeah. going and just kind of, you know, talk a little bit about what you were thinking. That well, it's, it's so much fun. My brother and I used to fish a lot on the coastal rivers in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he used to work in that part of the world. We grew mm-hmm. up in eastern Oregon, but we spent a lot of time over there. A good friend of ours lived in, uh, in western Oregon, and so... The thing I always loved about coastal rivers is just reading the water and learning how to drift bait, yeah. basically, in in, uh, in a river. And so that as soon as we got on there and all that fog on the river and the colors and everything, I'm just like, oh, man, this is... Taking you back. Yeah, it's like, you know, 25 years ago when I used to do a, a lot of it, you know, my brother would call me, go get down here, you know, and so I would take off and go overnight to get down so we could bobber fish and you know i learned how to bobber fish some time ago and it, it was a blast and so yeah yesterday was just yeah it did absolutely took me back to those days and it was it was a blast awesome yeah i loved it bobby you spent most of your time in southwest washington area when you're here on the west side mm-hmm. never really having time or a reason because the fishing was so damn good back then you just yeah. i mean if it's working why why go chase fish elsewhere and you never yeah. got a lot of time here in the coastal stuff. So, what did you think yesterday, first time in this this uh, general area? Well, you know, the, the fishing these smaller rivers and and knowing, you know, it, it, obviously it's been like this for a long time, mm-hmm. and it's something that, yeah, like you said, staying down in, in Southwest Washington, our fisheries back in the eighties, nineties were were so fantastic. We never went anywhere else. Sure. So never really coming up and fishing these smaller rivers up here, you know, on the peninsula. It was just one of those things that that styles of fishery, you know, throwing twitching jigs, uh, throwing uh, bobbers and bait and stuff like that. You know, like I told you, I'm a dying-to-wool bait fisherman. That's all I grew up on. That's why we connected so many years ago. No, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, when you're you're fishing a bait of egg, you know, a small bait of eggs, all finesse fishing, you know, mm-hmm. 10 and a half, 11 and a half foot rods, four and six pound tests, you know, for summer run steelhead that yeah. are, you know, 20 pounds. Yeah. I mean, it, it, all of that stuff started coming back and it, it was just, it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. What uh, would you think about the amount of fish we encountered? I had my expectations. Yeah, I might have uh, embellished a little the night before, you know, after a glass of red. I think you did a little bit. That was kind of a. That was kind of We we got one of the typical guide BS stories. You did. Oh, oh, yeah. Should, should have been here yesterday. Yeah, yeah. the water's yeah. super water. clear, oh, super yeah. low. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Barometric tough. pressure dropped down, right. and, and it went. You know, half a degree Celsius yeah. went down. Actually, and I just handed you my list of excuses and said, here, read this. <laughs> yeah, 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 read this. Become familiar with it because that's what's going to happen tomorrow. But I am not taking you fishing ever again. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was anticipating, based on the conditions and a little bit of rainfall yeah. we had and the level of the river sure. and having fished it a few days prior, uh, that I figured I would know mostly where the fish were going to kind of hunker down in. And we sure. would have traveling fish, but I felt... Very strongly that we're going to have a handful of these pockets that we'd get to, and the pressure was going to be light because it was mm-hmm. Wednesday. We ran into a couple folks launching about the same time mm-hmm. we did, but once we pushed down and passed, I mean, we were around nobody all day. Well, no, we, we had no. never, you know, other than, uh, you know, a bank fisherman here yeah. or there. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, it, we, we, had, we had the epitome of, of, of fishing, mm-hmm. you know, there was nobody there, nobody in front of us, nobody, yep. you know, fishing. Yep. If we saw somebody, we went around them and went down to the next hole. And, you know, it, it, it was, everything was perfect. Mm-hmm. But guess what? That's why they call it fishing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, We're not that's, finding fish in every hole. And no. I was scratching my head going, what in the heck is well, going on? Sure. Right? The crazy sure. thing is some of those holes really looked like they oh, would oh, yeah. oh, they be were, like the perfect yeah. holes to fish. Can, and I couldn't believe we could Dwayne, can we, can we fish that one? No, there's <laughs> nothing in that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. No, it's too shallow. Bob, no. yeah. Bobby was standing up and oh. eyeballing every little seam. Oh, going, absolutely. Should I cast yeah. there? No, too shallow. Uh, should I cast over here? That looks pretty good over there. Which no, is no. what I want. I want aggressive 
person's fishing out of the boat. Yeah. I'm rowing. You hit every little yeah. little pocket, Absolutely. nook, cranny, bathtub, whatever you think might hold a fish. If we're losing gear periodically in the water, acceptable. Up in the trees, right. not. Bob, Burr. And, uh, <laughs> oh! uh, you know hey, when I went fish with him, he hung it in the tree, and so did Jordan. Guess what? So, I never hung one in a tree. Oh, now, I did. Oh, I, I might have lost a couple a bobbers yesterday. Oh, you lost? Okay. Liar, yes. Liar. Thank you. Right. I never lost one in a tree. <laughs> you didn't lose oh, it. You not above the water. Right. I didn't get hung up in a yeah. tree. So <laughs> A snag. You know, yeah. the, approach, the approach for the day uh, as we started was going to be bobber dogging. Uh, the traveling water and we're moving down and the boat's moving and because of the unknown contour and depth right. of conditions right and then when we get out on the bank and we can kind of gauge approximate and we use our bobber and our bait presentation as a depth finder sure once we scrub bottom we bounce it up a foot or two and then we've set our depth and now we're fishing so and that seemed to i mean it works effectively in my opinion and that's how i like sure. to present um so i was yeah scratching my head we weren't finding the fish in the holes i anticipated and but sure enough, man, there's always last chance hole. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it bails you out from time to time. You and said it would. Yeah, you well, did. it's just, it's very weird to pass through all that really good oh, water man. structure and, and holding opportunities. Sure. We encountered a handful of fish along the way, but not yeah. nearly the numbers I anticipated. Right. And to get down there, and once again, this damn hole continues to produce day in and day out. We watch fish coming into the river. Yeah. Right. And you almost oh, yeah. set your watch to when the bobbers are going to start draining. Sure. But the other interesting thing was, compared to what we've experienced the last few weeks, uh, was like the timidness of the takedown. Yeah. We've been draining bobbers, setting hooks, and hardly losing fish. And I've said right. it multiple times here in the last mm-hmm. couple of days because I'm trying to figure it out. And Tommy even asked me, what do you think was the deal? And my point is I lost more fish yesterday than I had lost all days collectively. Yeah. yeah and that's fishing. Well, we, we lost fish all the way down the river. Yeah. We did. But, the, so, but the fish were not biting. They, not they, they, were, they, they were not committing. Yeah. I mean, they, they hook them on the back hook, you know, uh, yeah. just, just basically mm-hmm. not committing mm-hmm. to really, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't a conducive. Yeah. I saw a lot of, you know, and they wouldn't let me fish until the end, of course, because... Yeah. Well, he's too good. Yeah, he exactly. got the, he, he got he, the yeah. camera, you, you know, let, and it's you like... You can't let the good guy fish. These guys yeah. couldn't, yeah. you know, catch any fish, so I had to stay on the camera. But anyway, uh, most of the time <laughs> when we were going down through those other holes, uh, and even when we got to the very last hole, there's a lot of times a bobber would just go down and mm-hmm. back up. Yep. Which, and that, and that happened a lot. And yeah. not only mm-hmm. did we hook fish and lose fish, but we had a lot of this. And mm. just not committing to the bite. What's interesting about yeah. that, if you watch or have taken time to watch any underwater camera uh, from other fisheries and persons right. videoing Chinook and Coho, to watch a 25-pound Chinook take a presentation into its mouth like that, mm-hmm. clamp on it a couple times, and then spit it back out, and the bobber on the surface is just doing the thing, mm-hmm. they don't change elevation the no. angler doesn't even know that there's been something grabbing a hold of its bobber there. That, their ability to maintain that attitude in the bobber without sending a signal that something's going on is just a oh, mind yeah. blow. It's but they crazy. can do it, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and those little quick down and ups is like, they hit it, bobber goes down, by the time it registers to you, they've already let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're like, you, oh, I missed it. You'll see right? other things, too, when you're bobber fishing that you oh, yeah. know. Like, bobbers will... Take a little spin. Oh, yeah. They will tilt a little bit. Yep. Yeah. And if you've slapped the water enough to know how that float's going through that drift, exactly. you'll know there's nothing there that would do that except a fish. a fish. All of a sudden, yeah. it just goes sideways yeah. three just, or four inches. Just a little yeah. bit, and you're like, whoa, wait yeah. a minute, uh-huh. you know? And that's what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. You know, they just won't yeah. quite commit. Yep. And it is interesting. We, we, we've done a lot of underwater uh, filming before on our trolling fisheries. Yeah. Same thing. Oh, yeah never indicate a bite and yet we get stripped and we we're always like well, how did heck, that happen how'd that happen mm-hmm. and then we saw yep. and the little They'll suckers come up, come up hang and hang on to that and, and just knock yeah. your bait off absolutely take the same bait. speed you don't even know so we nothing, don't even know right? and we've had that motor mooching too for kings you know we motor sure. mooch over by renfro and you'll watch your rod right and it's because you're using like 12 ounces mm-hmm. of lead yep. and it's you know it's bent and then all of a sudden that king will pick it up going forward and it just slowly unloads the rod. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and you know the the other the other parallel that I would compare that to is sword fishing. 
deep drop sword fishing. Sure, really. Because a lot of times those swords that are down there at 1,700 feet that you're catching right on the bottom or right 200 feet off the bottom, right. they'll head for the surface as soon as they as soon as they grab that bait. Sure. They'll head for the surface and they completely unload the rod. And so you know that as soon as that rod just goes straight, yeah. you yep. need to get on the gears yeah. and, right. and take yeah. line in, right? Yep. Well, um, yesterday was enjoyable. Oh, I was glad to get so. you guys on the river. It was great. I uh, can't wait to see how bad you butcher me on the production, but oh, it's yeah. going to be fun to watch. You'll get... <laughs> you should, no, no one's embarrassing. Uh, no, no one's immune. No one's immune. No, yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> he, told, he told me that a long time ago. Yeah. No, no worries. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we had a great time. Britt learned a thing or two. And uh, his biggest takeaway is no longer, don't hang out with old men. That's his. Exactly. Yeah. He keeps telling us that. Yeah. Know, yeah. But he yeah. keeps coming yeah. back. Yeah. Like I've got to get a younger crowd. Yeah. That's what he keeps Yeah, i got to get a younger crowd. That damn dog's back again, right? So... That's what happens when you feed them. All right, that's going to do it for us this week here at Fish Hunt Northwest. Thanks for joining us. Join us each and every week right here in Studio 6 p.m. We'll try to bring you relevant information, fresh content, and get out there and do what we do and bring it to you. Uh, hey, take some time. Jump on our social media. Jump on our Facebook page. Post your pictures. We really like to see the pictures of those kids out yeah, there finding success. There should be a lot of deer hitting the dirt here in the next few days. Take some time. Post your pics up. Let us, uh, let us enjoy that along with you. We love stories, and we love to uh, see your guys' uh, accomplishments out there in the field. So have a great week. Be safe. We will see you back next week right here at Fish Hunt Northwest. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the Fish Hunt Northwest weekly podcast. I want to remind everyone that you can catch our weekly live stream show on our Facebook page and, of course, our YouTube channel every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. West Coast time. You'll get our insightful in-studio interviews, our extremely detailed how-to segments in the bait lab, the infield segments we bring to you when we're on the water or in the woods, and of course, our amazing cooking recipes in the kitchen with co-host Sherry England and chef Jeff Maxfield. Give us a follow on our Facebook page at Fish Hunt Northwest. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fish Hunt NW. Find us on Twitter and Instagram, and finally, Go to our webpage at www.fishhuntnw.com for all the latest and greatest info. Join us each week here on our podcast. Join us each week at our live production. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.